let's destroy the illusion now. If you're waiting for conditions to be, to match up with what you want for the future, you're never gonna to get to that future. And if you do, it's gonna be very difficult and very hard. I want people to stop looking at money as being the reason why they can't do something or why they don't have space. Because right now, money is just numbers on the screen. It's not real, it doesn't have any value. They're numbers on the green that we've agreed that we've agreed to the value of. And we're allowing these numbers on the screen to be the thing that stops people getting to where they deserve to be. What is up, everybody? My name is Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me Em. I am obsessed with all things spirituality, business, and personal growth. I started the Empower With Em podcast at 21 years old, whilst I was studying my Masters of Architecture at uni. It is fair to say that this podcast catapulted my life in a direction I never imagined possible. Soon after starting this podcast, I dropped out of my degree, quit my nine to five and started my own business and in just eight months of starting became a six-figure CEO. Inside of this podcast, I share insights into the realities of being a 20-something-year-old CEO along with actionable tips to help you unlock your true potential and create a soul-aligned and impactful life and business. So pull up a seat, put on your headset and get ready to get empowered. Welcome back to another guest episode of the Empower With Them podcast. I am so keen to introduce you guys to today's guest. That was a little bit of a, a joke for uh, between me and me and my guest there. Inside joke. Inside joke that you guys are all on the outside of. <laughs> but today's guest is a successful entrepreneur, best-selling author, podcast host of Do It With Dan and Beyond Success, a life and business transformation coach and an international public speaker who is known for programs and content that take clients and students to next level living. He has helped thousands of people across the globe achieve wealth mastery and truly abundant lives. So I am so excited for you guys to meet today's guest. So welcome to Dan Mangena. That's as much as they're going to get from the pre- from the green room activity. That's it. <sighs> I love it. I love it. Dan, why don't you introduce yourself properly to our listeners today and tell them all about you and what it is you do? Ah, they probably heard enough about me right now. I'm just a, I'm just a guy that loves to bring people back to their natural state of abundance. There mm. you go. Uh, that's the colloquial variation that people are probably more keen to hear. Let's see what I did there. Um, yeah, I do speaking, I do writing, I do podcasting, really just bringing people back to that conversation of about abundance being our natural state, um, being something that we step in, step back into uh, mm. versus something that we hustle and kill for. And that's it. Mm. I absolutely love that. I'm keen to dive. I did it again and I didn't even <laughs> I'm consciously switching. Now I'm self-conscious about it. <laughs> Don't be self-conscious. I'm keen to see you just flow with it. A little bit of context <laughs> for our listeners. Apparently all of us Australians say keen. It's something that Daniel so kindly pointed out. Oh, just, you know. <laughs> Just everyone on my team that's Australian happens to be keen to be Australian. Use that statement. Use that statement. But there we I'll go. have to put a poll up or something. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> but I'm very excited to talk about the topic of abundance and stepping back into abundance with you today because I know it is a topic that um, a lot of my listeners are really wanting to dive deeper into themselves. Abundance is obviously something that so many people are wanting to work on at the moment. But before we do that, I'm actually curious to learn about what your experience with stepping back into abundance has been. And have you always uh, been in the, a place of abundance or how has that journey looked? I've not always been aware mm. of the space of abundance. That will make sense in a sec. And sometimes the illusion of lack and challenges around different forms of abundance because abundance, I don't believe, is one-dimensional. It's multi-dimensional. It's not just the money. It's also our relationships, our health, our vitality, our connection to purpose, our connection to ourself, all of those things. Sometimes, yeah, the illusion of separation from that space has been prevalent and has been the guiding darkness versus being the guiding light in my own life. Um, but, you know, the thing is, so I was doing a group call yesterday 
one of the programs that I do. There's a little bit of group call work with me. Most of it's with my team, but one of the people on the call is like, oh, I'm looking for some ideas on some practices so that I can be up all the time. I was like, whenever up all the time to stop whenever down all the time I'd invite you instead to look at how can I step into a place of resilience so that I can deal with the waves of life and it's the same with our relationship to abundance you're not always going to be awake to it nobody is because we're human but we can develop a, a, a trigger system to remind us as, as to when we're out of sync so that we can come back in I think more people would be less self beaty uppy about the human journey if they weren't trying to meet this outlandish idea of I'm going to be up all the time or I'm always going to feel my abundance or I'm always going to be happy I'm always going to be joyful I'm always going to be in love with my beloved you're not you're going to dislike them sometimes but how do you come back to the other side of it Mm. So you mentioned that abundance isn't this one dimensional thing. And I know a lot of the time people associate abundance directly with money, like what you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Can you Mm -hmm. shine some light on then like the bigger context of abundance that is around us? Mm -hmm. I mean, what I love to do is I love people to, to be taken back to nature. Nature's got so many lessons for us. But when you look at nature, is there ever lack when nature is naturally occurring. Is anything in nature ever striving for something? No, it's always just in flow. The bee doesn't go, oh crap, there might not be enough nectar or whatever, pollen in the flowers today. We better go and kill all the competition so that they don't get any of the my my pollen. Or come yeah. on guys, let's go corner off this corner of the forest so nobody else comes. No, they don't do that. They just buzz from tree to tree. The plants don't try and like uproot their neighbors, right? Um, everything just moves in this beautiful flow of knowing that everything that needs to be there for it to do what it's here to do, to do is going to be available to it. But we humans in our infinite wisdom have fallen out of alignment with that. And in that lack of alignment, you know, we have the kill or be killed mentality. Uh, we have this distorted viewpoint, even like when you look at capitalism and what it's become versus what it really is. Mm. Um, that's what people do. And so when we look at abundance as a concept we have different things that move through our lives we have time we have energy we have love we have resources we have food in the fridge we have all of these things and all of them are contributing to our capacity to be able to show up and do what we're here to do whether you want to call that your purpose fate whatever the dickens that you want to call it I don't really want to get into that bit but all of those resources that contribute to our journey have levels and all of those levels are available to us abundantly, but we're not always operating from that place. Mm. How come, uh, cause some people naturally sit in a place of, um, you know, greater abundance, like believe that they are worthy of greater abundance versus other people who um, can tend to quite limit the abundance they allow themselves to receive. Why is it we do that, do you think? Um, I don't believe any of it's naturally occurring. We're all responding to life from wherever we are right now. Mm. Um, if we get into the, 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 is it psychology? I don't think it's psychology. If you get into the science of it we'll leave it there so i don't sound like a twat um if we get into the science of it between the ages of zero and seven or eight we are learning how we're going to be as humans Mm. Uh, my son for example is nearly two years old and it's wild to watch him learn to do stuff like i i see him every six weeks or so because he's back in mexico and every time i go back it's like there's a new thing that he's learned to do. Like there's a yeah. new level to his personality, whether it's a new word that he's got or new activity that he's doing. And as he gets closer, he's, his sister um, um, his sister is seven this year. Mm. And, you know, I, I was around her since she was about two years old. And so I've seen that journey with her as well. It's like now she's got like these conversations that she has and she's got yeah. her quirks and she's got her personality. And I've just watched it grow. And then when we get between 7 and 14-ish, we're just reinforcing that and seeking community through tribes, right, that match mm. that. And then we get into adulthood and we reinforce that again. And we go through these cycles. 
when we get to being grown-ups, I'm 38 at the point of recording this conversation, we're Mm -hmm. essentially just playing out loops, unconscious loops of thinking around those behavioral patterns that were established for the most part from what we observed between the age of zero and seven that was reinforced or supported as a teen and then continued to be supported as we moved into adulthood. I think the brain doesn't stop function, doesn't stop fully forming until we're about 20 something. Up until then, we're still a bit um, open to learn new things. So some people, whether by design or just by fate, developed programs during that time that were reinforced that supported them having thought patterns that allow them to show up in life accepting believing or feeling worthy of abundance and other people simply didn't um Mm. most of us were unconscious to that program that that programming uh, and many of us remain oblivious to it um part of the work i do is reminding people that whatever program we have been operating on doesn't have to be the way that we roll Mm -hmm. and it's something that we can upgrade to allowing more abundance into our life Mm, I love that you said that uh, in the work you do, you remind people, you know, Mm -hmm. that they can bring themselves back to that natural state of abundance that we're all born into this world with. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know, what is that process like of, um, and I'm sure it's a little bit different for everyone, but what's the general steps that someone would take to start to anchor back to that true abundance that they're born into this world with? Um. There are two frameworks that I use that are probably more relevant here. First is my beyond intention paradigm and beyond intention is four steps that allows us to really consciously create any outcome. And the other framework is um, the flow funnel and the flow funnel looks at the construct of reality in terms of, you know, you and I aren't just meat suits that move through time and space. We also have a mind that has the capacity to have power over matter, mind over matter. Mm-hmm. Even the law in most countries acknowledges that when we're in a different emotional state, we can think differently, even to the point of not being able to think clearly. That's where we have crimes of passion. But all of this is also responsive to triggers, whether it's a program or an intention, right? So we've got a program or intention, triggers an emotional state, which has us thinking in a certain way, which has us having unconscious habits and behaviors as much as 90% of our activities. of our activities are unconscious and those Mm. unconscious activities for the most part are leading um, what the outcomes are that we get because everything that we get is a result of what we've done, where we are, who we're with. Mm. So we've got the flow funnel and then we've got beyond intention that gives us the power whilst we are in that sort of five to 10% of conscious activity to keep interrupting the program that generally is popping into the top of the flow funnel with something else. So we're Mm. shifting and creating an intention And then that's creating the emotional state, the thinking, the actions, the outcomes. And beyond intention starts with a cheeky little thing called acceptance, because I firmly believe that we cannot be in in acceptance or receivership um, and resistance at the same time. Pushing and pulling at the same time don't work. We're in one or the other. We're either pushing away or we're pulling in. If we want something new, if we want to be in a space of reminding of our abundance, we need to be pulling in. And yet most of us are spending time unconsciously in a place of pushing away Mm. resisting where we are I don't like my life I hate this that's resistance it's not receivership and that doesn't mean that we have to accept and resign ourselves to our outcome but we certainly have to accept where we are in order to move beyond it because if I'm pushing against where I am I'm pushing against my energy is repellent it's it's Mm. rejecting and so I need to be in this dance of accepting of where I am but not resigned to it accepting of where I am so that I can take the steps to move beyond it and then I can move through the beyond intention paradigm I can look at the flow funnel and start to line up what I'm feeling what I'm thinking and what I'm doing with this experience of abundance as my natural state Mm, interesting I love this conversation around acceptance and resistance and like the relationship between the two and I'm curious to know what was your journey is is there any stories you have of your journey to accepting whatever you needed to accept in order to step into the abundance that you've created for yourself now yeah I mean I made and lost a couple million pound fortunes and I did it twice before the age of 23 wow (laughs) yeah oh my god tell (laughs) us more about that I mean (laughs) now and I still haven't made my first million we're on our way I'd love to hear this story yeah I was 19 um very very arrogant uh, very, very full of self-belief. 
mm-hmm. uh, but unfortunately didn't have all of the pieces to the flow funnel. I didn't have the emotional context because I was young and I also didn't have the experience to make the right choices in terms of people I did business with and knowing the way that things worked in order to yeah. to be able to move through life and resulted in everything getting taken away from me because I didn't have the right licenses for most of the business that I was doing. Um, dusted my shoulders off, went off again, tried to be smart. I was like, I'm going to go and make more money again. And yeah. uh, I did, uh, but tried to be smart and put everything in other people's names and everybody stole everything, right? Mm. Uh, Q, very dark, very, very dark night of the soul. I ended up, actually ended up in such a dark hole that my plan was actually to kill myself. And the only reason why I didn't actually go through with my suicide attempt is because I felt like such a loser at the time that I thought if I try this, I'm going to fail. And I didn't want to be the loser who couldn't even take his own life properly on top of everything else. Mm. What ended up happening then was um, I ended up going on this journey to de myself. And my plan was to de myself so I can pull off my suicide successfully. And then what actually ended up happening was the reprogramming of my mind happened completely accidentally. So this journey that I now take people through, um, which is exactly the same phases that I moved through, acceptance, clear, um, positive expectation, and then learning to be human in terms of just accepting that I'm not going to be switched on all the time, which is step four beyond intention. That wasn't something that I consciously went through. It's something that actually happened with me trying. (laughs) I wasn't trying to fix myself or improve. I was actually just trying to get good enough to pull off my suicide. And yet when the inputs change it's physically impossible that there cannot be a shift in what the outputs are if those inputs are consistent so in my case I mean I started personal development when I was very young I was reading books like think and grow rich and stuff when I was 16 okay Mm. and so I had this backdrop of understanding and yet I got to this point where I was scratching my head and trying to understand what had gone wrong from all of this stuff that I'd learned because I was able to get to a certain point but things weren't able to stay and this is where things like the flow funnel started to build out because it's okay, well, there was obviously something right because it was able to get here, but but not the rest of the pieces. And so I went on this journey of trying to identify what those pieces are just so I could stay successful enough to pull off my suicide without failing at that. And woke up a few years later. I consciously remember in 2015, uh, getting back from a trip to Thailand, to trip, yeah, getting for back from a trip to Thailand. Yeah, that's the correct sentence. And uh, looking at my life and realizing that I actually enjoyed life and that I hadn't thought about suicide in any time frame that I could remember and making the choice that day to continue pursuing life and actually actively seeking to go through what my process had been, not to share it with others really at that time, but that eventually became what my life was. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I mean, that's a truly powerful story right there you know, journey that you've been on to now get to where you are now to now be helping mm-hmm. other people um, mm-hmm. implement these same things that you took yourself through and, and create that abundance for themselves. So thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that part of your journey with us. So one more time, can you go through the steps of the funnel for us again? So we've got yeah. acceptance and then. Okay. So we've got acceptance is in beyond intention. So you've got beyond intention, yeah. which is accept, clear, gratitude, and listen. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the flow funnel, which is what am I choosing? whether it's an intention or a program, what am I feeling, mm-hmm. what am I thinking, and what am I doing? And I need all of those to be lined up with the intention or the program in order to, for there to be an outcome. What happens mm-hmm. is that when, run, when we're running on a program, we're so tuned in to feeling a certain way, to thinking a certain way, and acting a certain way, because the unconscious mind moves at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind, that we tend to drop through the flow funnel really easily with the program. With an intention, we're disrupting whatever the program is. And so we need to consciously move into a different feeling space, a different thinking space, and a different acting space. But of course, we're not conscious most of the time. And so that's where the game really gets played. Mm, I love it. And what I like about that as well is that um, I feel like sometimes people forget the feeling portion in Mm -hmm. that also. Maybe some people forget the thinking, some people forget the feeling, but um, Mm -hmm. it's great that you've so clearly summarized that it is this process of choosing, thinking, feeling, and doing, not Mm -hmm. just one or the other, and that they all Mm -hmm. need to be working in sync with each other. Mm -hmm. And that's where, in my opinion, people, I don't want to say go wrong, because I don't want to make people wrong for how they're showing up. But if you're not getting what you want, this is why I feel a lot of people aren't getting what they want, because Mm -hmm. they think, oh, if I meditate a lot, 
or go to my temple, my mosque, my church, my synagogue, and really give it all up there, everything's going to work out. But if you haven't addressed your limiting beliefs or your unworthiness or your doubts and fears sitting in the unconscious level, it doesn't matter how much you put the work in spiritually, it's not going to be able to follow through because there's a disconnect. Or people get so obsessed with the learning, they're always going to the next workshop, they're always reading books, they're always studying, but they haven't addressed the emotional state and whether that's lined up with what they want or even addressed what they want to have a clear intention. Or people that work really hard or they focus on high performance habits or whatever the thing is, they got like, yeah, every morning I do this, bro, and every day I do the thing. Yeah, but you don't believe in yourself and yeah. it's not even what you want that you're chasing after. All of them have to be lined up. Generally speaking, if someone hasn't got what they desire, one of those pieces or more is out of whack. And even mm. when I do like money block sessions with people, right? And I, I can, within five minutes, I can tell someone why they're not abundant. It doesn't take long. Because yeah. I can just ask a couple of questions and identify, well, which one of those things is not in sync? Mm. Yeah. It's really straightforward. What would some of these questions be if our listeners are sitting here tuning into this and they're like, okay, well, I want to try to figure out where my gap is. <laughs> what would those questions be that you'd ask them? very very first one is what is it that you want mm-hmm. and if someone can't answer that question immediately if they have to go mm, i already know you're running a program because you're not mm-hmm. consciously moving anywhere so you're running on a program and if your program is not rich rich in joy rich in love rich in connection rich in money rich in vitality then obviously the program isn't running that and if you're running on the program you're not going to be getting that you're going to be getting the opposite so the first mm-hmm. the first one and I can then interrogate that a little bit. If someone pulls something off the hat, yeah, I want to be this. I want to be a millionaire. Why? Yeah. Be- because I want to give to other people. But why for you? Yeah. Because we're inherently self-serving beings. We're self-serving beings that have the capacity and from a community basis, um, uh, the desire to share and support others. But I can't give from an empty cup. So if my idea is purely I want to be just for other people, then I already know, again, you're running on a program. Whether it's I need to be validated by other people, um, I find safety in being useful. Those aren't intentions, they're still programs. Mm-hmm. So I really, I know that. And then I can ask, you know, in terms of the feeling space, how would, how will it feel when you've got what you want? If I had what I want, already I can hear from the if that you're not tied to it. Mm. Right? And then even the thinking, you know, you know, what stories do you hear when you, when, when you say that? Oh, this or even how they word things i can hear whether their mind's tuned into it whether yeah. there's if only this are their excuses is their blaming is their acceptance i can hear it and then then we get to the behaviors for me actions and behaviors are the receiving principle they're not the creative principle so i don't really focus on the action bit because by the time we get to the action bit a lot of the heavy lifting's already been done two-thirds yeah. of the game is in a game uh, but generally speaking just find a couple of these questions you can identify exactly where you're at uh, and you know, why you're not really in tune with what you desire. Mm, Okay. Okay. So something that you mentioned in there was making your programming richer then. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about what you mean by this and how Mm -hmm. we can actually do that? Well, I mean, a lot of people have this perspective that the unconscious mind is out to get them. Mm -hmm. Oh, look what it's done. It's not your enemy. It's actually your friend. It's just playing out whatever the program is. Mm-hmm. And the playing out of the program will continue until such time as the unconscious mind has been given evidence to support something different. All that we have to do is to start providing a new series or course of evidence that is different. And when we are intentional, we can align that programming, uh, sorry, align that evidence to support new programming. That's where the whole beyond intention comes in because ultimately, We don't want to be spending all of our life having to disrupt the program. We want to change the program so that it's working for us. So Mm. that that processing power at 10,000 to 10 million speed, the time of the conscious can actually be playing out what we want. Just like the people we spoke about earlier who already believe that they're meant to be abundant and they're worthy of abundance. It's just programming can work in our favor, but we do have to set it up to work in our favor. Mm, I'm loving this conversation and I can really see how this work that you're doing with people would benefit them on both that business and that personal level as well. So I'm excited to have a deeper conversation around that today as well. But before we get into that, you've mentioned spirituality quite a bit. And I'm just curious to know what role or what does spirituality mean for you and what role has it played for you in your journey, you know, to getting to where you are now in life? Mm Mm-hmm. 
when we look at the physical world, the physical world, in my definition, is essentially what we engage with our five senses. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we move beyond the five senses, we're no longer operating with three-dimensional reality. For me, spirituality is an exploration and a relationship mm-hmm. with everything that's outside of what we engage with our senses. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And so some people find a relationship to the unseen through religion. Knock yourself out. Some people see it through traditionally defined spirituality. Some people even find it right nowadays, you know, through science. Um mm. But a relationship to the unseen, I feel, was essential because a big chunk of what we experience as humans is in the unseen. In fact, when you look at the spectrum of light, only 2% of the light spectrum we observe with our senses. The rest of it is extrasensory perception or needs some kind of instrument in order to observe it. So Mm -hmm. when we're looking at just the base, the spectrum of light, only 2% of it is observed. And that's just what we've been able to measure then our reality essentially mirrors that. We're looking at only 2% of it being part of the scene. So most of reality is part of the unseen. It is spiritual in nature. And so in order to be able to relate to that, in order to be able to engage with it intentionally, uh, for me, having practices and having um, frameworks that honor that and give me an interface with it are essential. Mm. What are some of these uh, practices that, you know, you would say are the most important to you? For me personally, meditation is part of my daily practice. Yeah. Um, breathing consciously, not mm-hmm. necessarily knock yourself out with DMT breath work, but certainly breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I've practiced Kundalini yoga for uh, about half a decade as well. Um Traditional Hatha yoga sometimes too, again. But yeah, I mean, really it comes down to, um, as individuals, I know sometimes when you reel things off, people go, I'm going to go and try that. And we've got some free resources on my website of different tools and stuff that you can play with. We've got a masterclass that we made called the Clearing Tools Kit Masterclass. It gives you like the opportunity to meet with teachers from about 20 or 30 different modalities of a spiritual nature for you to see how those work. But ultimately, um, I play with whatever feels right for me to play with on the day. Mm. But those are staples that generally tend to be a part of my daily routine. Mm. I love it. So when we're looking at spirituality and we're looking at abundance, how does this all interconnect with you and like your teachings around business in particular? Mm -hmm. Again, most of reality is unseen. Mm. So if I'm not honoring the unseen, then how am I going to be able to create that alignment that's going to allow me to have what I want? If I'm just focusing on physical, which is the slowest wave, uh, the slowest expression of, of light. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the time we get to the physical place, everything's already been created. We're just catching what we've pitched already. Unseen, yeah. whether we were conscious of it or not. And most of the time we're not conscious of it. And so people end up burning out, you know, getting frustrated, trying to make things work through force. Mm-hmm. When actually we have all this power that's available to us by starting at the unseen level with our intentions with our energy field or our emotional state, with our thinking that then can pour into a much more flowing ease and grace experience in what we're doing, which then just becomes, I'm acting just to, you know, put my hands out and get what I've, what I've put the work in for already mm. and then experience life from a more abundant place. Uh, so how we approach stuff is focusing on um, clarity of what we want through the ideal life blueprint. It's a workshop that I do a couple of times a year. Mm-hmm. And when we're working with people one-on-one, we take people through that. Um, whether it's for your business, for your life, what do you want your life to look like? Mm-hmm. Then we look at clearing the way to feeling the emotions that we as individuals cognitively connect to that outcome. Um, and that's building your own individual toolkit. Like I said, we've got a free mm-hmm. resource on how people can do that. And then we look at what belief systems, what stories support that new idea and which ones have I got that aren't supportive of that? And then how can I cut through the limiting beliefs for me, the limiting belief is any belief that runs counter to the beliefs I need to be holding to have the emotions flow through to get the outcome that I want. Yeah. And then what actions and behaviors do I need to do as an individual? For me, that's uh, money DNA is what we teach around that. Mm-hmm. What is it in terms of actions, habits and behaviors that I need to be doing in order to move through time and space in a way that's aligned with what I want so I can just be receiving what I desire to receive? Mm. And that question of uh, what do you want is something that's obviously come up a couple times now in the conversation. And I feel like it is something that a lot of people lack clarity around. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how can someone go about finding that clarity of what they actually want so then they can continue moving through the flow of the next steps? Mm -hmm. I would say start with this, and this is the easiest way to start the process of identifying what you want or identifying what you're doing or creating that you don't want so you can start dropping that out. Mm. Because sometimes the process is cleaning the house out versus putting new things in. Right. Sometimes people are chasing what they don't want, thinking it's what they want. And, and for me, that's just asking yourself a simple question. What feels good to me? Yeah. Part two of the question that doesn't impede other people doing what feels good to them mm. or what feels good and does no harm. If you ask yourself that question on a consistent basis, it's very difficult for you not to be moving towards what you truly desire. Um, most people, as I said, they're running on programs and they're unconsciously just following what the Joneses have said that they should be getting, mm. what people have said they're worthy of or they're not allowed to do. When I first started coaching back in 2018, um, oh God, so long ago, what I was really <laughs> people on was around, you know, this ideal life blueprint and having beyond intention be the tool for people to create a clean slate yeah. to kind of build that program into, that new blueprint into. And time and time again, what I was finding is working with people who are in midlife crisis. And the reason why I ended up working with people going through midlife crisis, I believe, is because so many people were spending 5, 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 years working on creating this life and then getting there and realized, I don't want this. And so then that, that realization happening unconsciously shows up as going to have an affair, you know, going to get the Harley Davidson motorcycle going out and blowing up the family or going to go and leave the job or whatever because it's like a freak out. Ah, freak out, I'm going to go. Um, when it doesn't even need to be the case at all. I hope you're enjoying this episode and all the golden nuggets jam-packed inside. If you're an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur who is wanting to build a business in the online space that is in total alignment with you spiritually, physically, energetically, and financially, then I want to connect with you. If you head to the episode description of this podcast and click the work with me form, you can schedule a complimentary call with myself to have a chat and start mapping out your next steps to create the business and lifestyle of your dreams. I offer two main levels of mentorship that help entrepreneurs build six figure online businesses. This includes my one-to-one private coaching and my business academy, the Aligned Coaching Academy. And guess what? I have a special seat reserved inside these spaces specifically waiting for you. So stop waiting and start doing. Let's get to know each other and start turning your dream business into your reality. If you're not yet ready to jump on a call, then that's so fine. I invite you to shoot me a message over on Instagram at Empower With Them so we can get to know each other just a little bit better over there first. Now that's all from me. So make sure you go fill out the work with me form and then get back to today's episode. Well, thank you for shining light on that then. And um, of course, we'll put the links to uh, all of those resources that you do have to yeah. help guide people through this process of finding what they want in the episode description as well. But while mm-hmm. we're on this topic of figuring out what it is you want, I do want to chat about the topic of purpose because there was something funny that I read <laughs> um, from you, which is the pointlessness of purpose. And I think so many people get so fixated on this need to have a purpose that I feel like this message you have will need to be shared and heard by my listeners. <laughs> so can you speak to that, please, and tell us a little bit about the pointlessness of purpose? <laughs> well, you've already kind of touched on it right there, is that so many people get so obsessed with it, they end up not doing anything mm. else, you know? And um, I mean, if you look around, you see people, oh, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just working on connecting with my purpose. I'm here in Dubai at the moment, and I was with one of my friends um, on my last trip out. She was like, oh, damn, you know. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to find my purpose. She's allowed. She's like mega rich. So like she doesn't really like she's like a gazillionaire or whatever. So wow. she, she's, she's in a very different situation. But a lot of people, they're like, you know, they're not actively doing anything because they're working on their purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Is there something wrong with working on your purpose? No. But if you're being purposeless, purposeless, 
because you're waiting for purpose to show up, then time that could be spent being purposeful, even if it's not for your grand all divine purpose. Like it's it's time that you're wasting in the human experience. Mm. Um, And the other thing as well is that some people spend so much time actually looking for purpose that even when they do get it, they haven't even got the energy to execute (laughs) because they're trying to find it. So again, go back to this question, what feels good and does no harm? So desire, I define as the heart speaking to you, what the universe, God, source wants to to experience through you. It's a lot more depth and layers to that, probably outside of the scope of our cheeky conversation today. But if I'm defining purpose as the thing that I'm here to do, then I'm saying that I was encoded with something by whatever creative principle that I connect with that I'm here to do, or at least tasked with, or whether it's a soul level or higher self or whatever the thing is. Why don't I just then use the actual instrument that I've got that connects me with something outside of myself and allow it to guide me as to what I'm here to do. And if I'm doing that on a consistent basis, how can I not be living on or in purpose? Mm, Yeah, right. So connecting back to our unique gifts that each of us have. Maybe, maybe it could be the gifts, but the gifts, again, I, I really want to invite people to take it beyond activity. Mm-hmm. and external validation just come down to feeling what mm-hmm. feels what if I drop into my heart and get really present right now yeah what do I feel pulled to mm-hmm. what am I being called into and if I answer that call on, on a consistent basis how can I not be in what some might define as purpose mm, yeah and in, and then that alignment with what it is you truly desire to have and hold in your life and business I think that desire again it's the divine speaking to us. It's the heart speaking to us what the divine seeks to experience through us because the heart is the instrument with which we connect to the unseen. It's, it's mm. as an instrument, it's really powerful. You can check out the work of HeartMath Institute. They've done some amazing science on what's going on with that. The heart is, I think it's 10 times more potently magnetic than the brain. Uh, heart yeah. intelligence is significantly more powerful and clean than mental mm-hmm. intelligence. And if we just start to tune into that instrument and allow it to be the compass that guides us forward, then we're always going to win, always going to win. And that's not just in life. It is in business too. It's in our relationships. It's in our, our decision-making. Let the heart, which is the instrument that the universe, God, your higher self, source, energy, whatever you want to define, mm. that is the communication instrument. And if I'm listening to that communication instrument, I can be getting my directions on a daily basis, on an inter-daily basis, and follow those instructions will have me in what def- people define as purpose. Mm. So you're 38 now, as mm-hmm. we're recording this, correct? How yeah. long into your journey was it mm-hmm. until you deeply connected with this concept of um, feeling and mm-hmm. being guided by your heart? I would say I was guided by my mind for so long and my mm-hmm. mind I'm very grateful for very did some great stuff or whatever. Yeah. But have you ever heard of um, an author called Michael Singer? He wrote a book called the surrender experiment. No. You want to check him out. You would love him. Yeah. So Michael Singer, he's wrote a third book now, but I haven't read his third book. He's got um, untethered soul, which good book, not really my favorite personally, but mm. good book, great stuff in there. And surrender experiment is one of my top five books. Um, but he's got this line that he says that all of my guys in my programs, they, they know this one because I, I quote it all the time. He says, you know, you're in trouble when the mind is telling you how to get to God. Yeah. You know, you're in trouble when the mind is telling you how to get to God. And, and that's how I was operating for so long. But it says I got more deeply into the, the, the more traditional spiritual side of the unseen versus just the pure mental, which was where my game was played for so long. Not only did I click into place with consistency in the in my results, mm-hmm. um, I also stepped into clicked into place with more uh, yumminess with mm-hmm. the results that were being created. Yeah. Also, um, because heart intelligence is infinitely more powerful, mm-hmm. and when you bring heart and mind together, then you become un- unstoppable. When those mm-hmm. two puppies get into get into sync and come together and create that connectivity on the internal game on the flow funnel it's wild wild what we can create and that's a journey that i've personally been 
deep into since about 2015. Yeah, awesome. Well, it sounds like yeah. it's taken you far. <laughs> and there's more, there's, there's more fun places to go. I love that. So I take it that tapping into your heart intelligence requires a level of like self-trust and intuition. Um, is there anything else that it really requires of you to be open to or to step into mm-hmm. in order to fully be guided by it? I would say it requires those things for us to let go of our disconnection from it. But mm-hmm. once you actually accept the truth of it, then it doesn't require anything. It just requires you, for you to be present enough to feel it because mm-hmm. it's here. It's not something that we have to pay the price for. You know, there's no, no invoice coming. Just step in. And mm-hmm. the more present we are, the more here we are, the more now we are, the more we can actually connect with the fact that it is always speaking, is always available for us to support us and to guide us forward. Mm, amazing. So heart intelligence and partnering that with obviously intelligence of the mind are mm-hmm. absolutely crucial for moving forward and building this soul-centered business and life that you want for yourself. Is there mm-hmm. anything else aside from the combination of these intelligences? Inte- intelligences? Is that the yeah. word? Is that the word? Yeah, that's what it's called. I'm keen on that one. <laughs> You're keen on that one? <laughs> Is there anything else that, you know, comes into play when you are teaching someone or guiding someone to building that soul-centered life and business for themselves? Yeah, just clarity in the fact that um, business is just a vehicle for us to deliver value. It's a vehicle for us to be of contribution to others. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say it's imperative that we understand what we bring to the table in terms of bringing that value into the world. Not everyone's going to be a business owner. Some of us are going to be operators at some, some level. And for us to drop the shame and stories that we have around the role that we do play, which has us playing outside of our role, outside of our position. And mm. just to give fully in our contribution, in our contribution uh, owning what our role is, honoring our gifts that show up in our support of being able to play out that role and to do so fully. Mm. That topic of shame is one that I had a really interesting conversation with someone else on, on the podcast. And so I'd love to hear from your perspective, um, how someone or first of all like what role shame has played in your journey if there has Mm -hmm. been any and how can someone overcome the shame that they might be feeling or putting on themselves well on the shame topic dear friend of mine woman called dr anne hastings a n n e hastings or anne sterling anne hastings (laughs) oh god i'm gonna have to check now just one second i just just had a brain fart (laughs) I've literally just had a brain fart and forgot Anne, Anne's name. Give me one, one flick, one <laughs> flick. Get that I, social I, media up. <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm in my Kindle. Um, <laughs> I'm in my Kindle because she's it got a It sounds like you've got a great network. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm right. It's Anne Sterling Hastings, PhD. Oh my God, both of them are there. All right. So she's got a book called Shedding Shame and Claiming Freedom. And it is the book that I always give to people around this concept of shame because shame is insidious it shows up in ways that we don't we don't even really consider it to be showing up for example most people are trying to keep up with the joneses because there's a level of shame with them not keeping up with the joneses a lot of people are not honoring the role that they're in and they're in resistance of rejection repellent because they're not just honoring that you know i'm a great operator i'm not supposed to be a business owner 85 percent of businesses in the u.s die within 10 years yeah most of them are really dead before then, <laughs> but then like got them on life support. Come yeah. on business, you might get there. You're not a business owner, right? You're not a business person. You're not an entrepreneur yeah. and that's okay. What about if you took your gifts and you supported an entrepreneur? Doesn't mean that you can't have freedom. It doesn't mean that you can't uh, share your gifts. It doesn't mean that you can't be abundant in there. You don't, you know, there's nothing wrong with basically, you know, you know being, being an operator. For me personally, even when I go back to, you know, me wanting to end things and run away from life. It's like, yeah, it's because I was out of sync with ownership of where I was at the time. And that lack of ownership was an expression of shame. Mm. And even when I look at, you know, other crazy things that have happened in my life, so much of it has led, has, has been led by non-acceptance of where we are, where I was, um, mm. because I had these ludicrous ideas that other people actually had a care in the world about what was going on with me so often we get caught up there's a meme i love this meme there's this geezer this geezer this fella what do you use 
Do you, you don't use geezer? Uh, use killer? I mean, geezer's one, but we just say bloke, I guess. A bloke, bloke. That's the one. There's a bloke. There's a bloke. I'm keen on that one. There's a bloke and he's looking up and he's like, Lord, save me from my haters. And then there's the, the God thing from Leonardo da Vinci's. Pe- yeah, the finger. Like, yeah, it's like, dude, ain't nobody thinking about you. <laughs> But we're, we're so, oh, my haters. Isn't the thing, we've got so, think about your own life, Em, mm. and how much is going on in your life. Mm-hmm. How much space do you really have to be thinking about somebody else? Let alone the multiple people that probably think, oh, Em's a hater, she hates on me. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And if somebody has got so little going on in their own life that they've got enough time and energy to think about, you and to give energy in that thinking to oh, oh yeah I'm jealous of you hate you they deserve your pity <laughs> yeah yeah not you making choices disempowering choices in your own life based on what they may or may not be thinking mm. or saying about you it's just it's just ludicrous to me mm. well mm-hmm. I love in one of what you did share there was um that connection between shame and non-acceptance and so then like mm-hmm. moving through and overcoming your shame really comes back to um that acceptance factor again yeah acceptance runs so much like so much of the the game is around this acceptance yeah. in beyond detention it is step one because without acceptance i'm lost i don't have anything else mm. I, I cannot build without the foundation of acceptance without that foundation i am locked in the sameness of what i'm creating already right now and what i'm experiencing right now i cannot move into the new until I've accepted the fullness of where I'm, I am right now. Mm. Well, thank you so much for shining so much light on all of this. And again, we will, uh, the name of the book of your friend was shedding shame and claiming freedom, shedding shame and claiming freedom. Well, yeah. um, we can pop the links for that in the episode description as well. So then everyone has all the resources they need. I love this conversation we are having around like, uh, soul centered businesses and, and achieving success through that, um, you know, what feels good and what you desire and all of that. And mm-hmm. so what I'd love to hear from you, because obviously you are very successful at what you do and uh, you've got a large network of successful people around you as well. What is some things that maybe people are missing or maybe people are forgetting to address that it could be holding them back from seeing that success that they want to see? Because I feel like so many people get so fixated on that system, 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 systems, <laughs> right? What is the, what is it they're missing? What is the, you know, for that advice or the, the light you'd want to shine for them? So I'll give you a funny story. So Richard Branson has been one of my entrepreneurial heroes for as long as I can remember reading mm. his book 20 or whatever years ago and then earlier this year 2022 I got to go to his private island I got to meet him I was playing chess with him hiking with him it's hilarious yeah right this private dude, island this dude <laughs> for someone who's got 400 companies and started seven or eight billion dollar businesses created new industries complete game changer he just spends his days pissing around and having fun. It's really, <laughs> it's really wild to see how he lives his life. And he's got a rule on the island. You have to have fun for half the day. You can't work all day. You have to have fun for at least half the day. Mm. And he's like, just set up his life to just like have fun. And even the business yeah. that he does, he looks for stuff that like he finds fun, like Virgin Galactic, because he wanted to go to space. So he's like, oh, I want to go to space. <laughs> So I'm going to make a business around going to space and have fun doing it. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I, I was convinced. I was like, nah, this guy, he's not, mm. like, you know, he's going to be like up at 5am and hustling. He's up at 5am playing tennis, <laughs> like hiking around his island and stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's like, really? But I also know, I also know people that are incredibly wealthy who do, like they graft and they grind and they hustle and that's what they do, but they still enjoy life also. And you know what I found? (laughs) Like that really just put the the nail in the coffin for me on this idea that there is one way to do anything. Mm. And and I was already teaching about money DNA at that point, but it just kind of took on a new depth. Money DNA took on a new depth because it was like, hang on a minute. Every single one of us literally have our own unique path. And I Mm. feel 
even more strongly about my belief that the number one thing people holding people back a lot of the time is not honoring that I have my unique way and trying to do things other people's way. Yeah. Finding your unique path will take you further than any system, any process, mm. any meditation practice, or any of that other stuff. Finding your unique path, your unique yeah. path to set intentions, your unique path to get aligned with your emotional state, your unique path to engage with spirit, your unique path to shift your limiting beliefs, and your unique path to show up in the world. Mm. That right there is something that even I myself needed to hear because we do. It's so easy, especially with the world of social media, to fixate on like what other people are doing and thinking, okay, that's the only way it needs to be done. That's the mm -hmm. only way I'm going to get there. That's the only way I'm going to become mm -hmm. successful. So paint the picture for me. What does your unique path look like? And what are you, what's your <laughs> island that you're moving towards? <laughs> I mean, for me, when it comes down to, um, to, to, to business, my money DNA really is doing stuff like this. Like we yeah. do well, we, you know, we do six figures a week at the point of recording this, uh, this, this, this podcast mm. in our personal development business. Um, I don't do anything that I don't want to do, really. Mm. If something comes up that I don't really want to do, I ask myself, can the business operate without this? Number one. If yes, then we look to operate the business without it. If it can't, then I, I look, can I find someone who's really excited to undertake this task? And then mm. I empower them to undertake that task and bring them into the family of, of, our, of, our, of our team. Uh, and that's basically what it is. I play to my, my position. I'm an ideas mm. person. I'm great with coming up with um, ways to approach things, um, creating the content around that, and not even the technical side, really having people, things set up for me to just pop on the camera. This, this conversation that we're having, I didn't even put it in my diary. Amy did. I, mm. I don't look at my diary. I don't do that. Not because I'm a snob, but because I probably mess it up. and I really don't yeah. enjoy doing it. So I have someone who plays that for me. Um, with my own podcast, I literally, I get an email on a Sunday with the ones I've got for that week mm. and where I know them from and all of the things. And then I pop, pop on. I go into Riverside. We use Riverside. Go into Riverside. Yeah. I hit record. And then I never have to look at that screen ever again because someone else yeah. downloads it and then it gets edited and it disappears away from mm. me. Um, me having that freedom to be in flow supports me being able to be in a yummy space that leads to things just working out. Mm. And that leaves me more yummy and then more energized and able to show up and continue to do. Um, mm. And the doing for me is just sharing, you know, coming up, doing podcasts uh, i write for different magazines like entrepreneur magazine um writing for the blog on socials or whatever um, mm. and there's a journey that people end up coming along if i'm aligned for them yeah. or not i'm not going in people's dms not saying there's anything wrong with that but it's not something i'm interested in doing mm. um ads that we tend to put out don't generally tend to be for people to buy stuff from us that tend to be us sharing something that's going to be of value with people and again that leads to us being a business that does you know six figures a week in our turnover mm. um and there's no hustling there's no striving uh, and when it does feel like something is a hustle is just striving then again i find a way to operate the business without it or to find someone who will be excited to mm. play that role so my question for you then, first of all, six figures per week. Wow, that is <laughs> epic, like amazing, congrats. But secondly, you said that you make sure that you're always doing things that feel in flow and feel good to you. So if you don't like sitting in the DMs, you're not going to sit in the DMs, you're going to get someone yeah. else to do that. Obviously, making six figures per week, you have the space to outsource like all these different things mm -hmm. if you want to mm -hmm. do so. But at the start, there's not that much room for movement so how let's, what's let's, your let's, guidance let's, 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 let's destroy the let's destroy the illusion okay now. all right <laughs> if you're waiting for conditions to be to match up with what you want for the future you're never going to get to that future and if you do mm -hmm. it's going to be very difficult and very hard for mm. i want people to stop looking at money as being the reason why they can't do something or why they don't have space because right, right now and talk on the social media I actually put something out um, it's on my Instagram right now. There's a reel that actually speaks about this. Money is just numbers on a screen. It's yeah. not real. It doesn't have any value. They're numbers on a green that we've agreed that we've agreed to the value of. 
And we're allowing these numbers on the screen to be the thing that stops people getting to where they deserve to be. Mm. I run my team right now the same way as I did when I was making no money at all. Yeah. I want to say that again. I run my team right now the same way as I did when I was making no money at all. Obviously, there's some refinement. And yes, the team is bigger, but I still looked for people who were excited to do the things that I didn't want to do. Because if I'm in um, resentment doing something that I don't want to do, is that receivership? No, it's probably not. It's going to be rejection, repellent. So nothing's even going to be able to come in. People are breaking their back, doing stuff that they really dislike doing just because they've not got the resources that they think that they need in their mind to make something happen. That's not receivership mode. So you're not going to be able to receive. One of the first quote unquote hires in my business, and I know we're running up on time, but I'll just quickly tell you the story. I focused not on having the money to have my team. I focused on having the team. Mm. So when I was going through the intention, uh, the, the flow funnel, my intention was having the team, the perfect team members to support me in sharing these gifts that I want to share with the world. Not having enough yeah. money to pay for the team because adding a layer, I went straight to the team. The next day, and I don't really go on social media myself, right? I was on mm. Facebook. And someone who had come to an event of mine I don't know, six months before, had posted in this group. I was like, I didn't know that she's in the same group I am, I'm in. For yeah. some reason, and I don't normally do this, but I like to follow the flow of nudges that I get. And I had the nudge to look at the post. So I followed the intuitive hit to, to go to look at the post. Right underneath her post in that group was someone saying, hey, everyone, I've been building funnels for people here in India. I'm looking for people in the West. I'll build your funnels for free for a testimonial. Mm. Boom. boom yeah didn't require any money me dropping mm. the idea of money needed to be a part of the equation following my intuitive hits listening to where the heart was directing me to go mm. led me to the person who now runs all of that stuff for me he's paid now sorry mate no pay for you you said you only wanted a testimonial <laughs> Because a week, brothers, there's no pay for you. Sorry. No, sorry, bro. Um, no, but that's the way that it happened. Mm. And when there needed to be resources to pay for something, the resources showed up because I was focused on creating the outcome, not more steps on the journey to the outcome. Mm. Okay. So stepping into receivership, massive. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, what you said as well about um, stop waiting for your conditions to change um, mm -hmm. before you make that change and you start mm -hmm. showing up differently. That one was massive and that one landed for me very big. So thank you. <laughs> but with that said, I do need to be mindful of the time and respect you, your time, your energy and all of that. I'm so grateful for all of this value that you've shared with us today already. If any of our listeners from this podcast are wanting to continue to connect with you, continue to learn from you, take part in any of your programs or simply just follow along with your journey and listen to your podcast, what's the mm -hmm. best place for them to find you? If they're keen to know more. I can head to dreamwithdan.com. Dreamwithdan.com is where it's all happening. Yeah, amazing. And I will put that link and any other link um, that you send my way into the episode description today as well. But there is one final thing that I do need to ask you, Dan. Uh, given this is the Empower Them okay, podcast, you can marry me. I ask all of my guests this, okay? So are you keen <laughs> to answer it? Yes. <laughs> what is one final piece of empowering advice you'd love to leave all of our listeners with today? Don't take all of this stuff so seriously. None of us are getting out of it alive. Yeah. Perfect. Like, enjoy the journey. Like, have some fun. What's the point in having all of the mastery in the world if you don't even get to enjoy the execution or the embodiment of that mastery? Don't mm. take it all so seriously. Enjoy the journey. Well, you seem like a true embodiment of what you just shared there. Very much practicing what you preach. I hope you have fun hanging out with your friends on the um, billion dollar islands, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm now placing on my vision board as something that's going to be a part of my reality by the time I'm 38. Um, but Dan, once again, thank you so much for your time, your energy and all that value that you shared with us in this episode. It's been a true honor connecting with you. Um, and I've absolutely loved every second of this. Well, thank you for having me. Um, it's been fun and uh, keen to continue. <laughs> I'm going to be using that all day today. I'm going to be using that all day today. Thank you. No worries at all.
So that's a wrap on another episode of the Empower With Them podcast. If you want more from me, then make sure you come say hi over on Instagram at Empower With M and let me know your thoughts on this episode. And if you love the podcast, then don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review to help us grow this platform. Now, before you go, I'm going to leave you with one final question to sit with and take action on stepping away from today's episode. How can you go out into the world today and do something small that will empower those around you in some way? Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming along. And I will see you next episode.